I'm Jesse. And I'm Josh. And this is Slice by Slice, a podcast where we dissect and discuss horror films by categories and subgenres, such as scare zones, haunted houses, franchises, and director's bodies of work. And of course, we can't dissect and discuss these films in the detail we do without spoilers. Wait a minute. There's no films. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> hey, everybody. Jesse from the future here. I noticed when editing the episode that my audio was messed up and I fixed it the best that I could. With all that being said, here we go. Well, this certainly took a lot longer to get going than I thought it would. Yeah, it did. <laughs> I hope we fucking remember the houses. I cheated. <laughs> I figured. I did a little bit too. Okay, good. <laughs> so we went, when did we go to Halloween Horror Nights? Oh, by the way, we're recording this on November 29th and this is our 85th episode. Woohoo! Halloween Horror Nights Orlando, uh, or I guess it's HHN 32, right? Yes, yes. And we thought we were going to record from Halloween Horror Nights or stream it or something, but that went hinky. That didn't happen. <laughs> I brought the equipment, but we were going like house beer house, like so fast. There wasn't time to do it. And then the one time we were in a line for a significant amount of time, I kind of felt like I'd be an ass if I broke out a camera and a light, ah. you know? And then we're like, oh, we'll do it at the end of the night. And then we we're all just fucking tired. Yeah. I even shot B-roll. <laughs> <laughs> so did I. <laughs> so much shit to delete. Oh, anyways, let's go through the housekeeping and then we'll dive into Halloween Horror Nights. All right, let's go. Current news. I uh, put a bunch of stuff on here I want to go over. First off, you know, I kept talking about Fede Alvarez doing an alien project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I even mentioned when he wrapped filming. I don't know if I kept calling that a show or a film. I don't remember. Because I knew Hulu was going to make an alien show. Okay. All right. So I see a post a day or two ago that the showrunner and show creator of Fargo, Noah Hawley, is in charge of the alien show. And I was like, huh, I thought Fetty was doing that. And I double checked. So Fetty has a movie that's coming out and it's in between alien and aliens. So we can see how shit escalated. Okay. And it was an idea he came up with himself and wrote and then pitched to Fox before Disney bought him to make his own alien movie. Okay. So I'm liking this so far. Yeah. So there's, there's more details than that. Like I said, he finished shooting that already. He brought the original special effects crew from like 40 years ago to handle the xenomorphs. So they're made by the people that did them in Alien and Aliens. Holy shit. Noah Hawley's making a TV show that's going to follow a metahuman character that's the body of an adult, but the mind and consciousness of a child. Okay. And we're going to see through that character's eyes. That's all we know about that so far, because they haven't even started shooting yet. Okay. It was actually supposed to be made before the movie, but he had to wrap. Fargo season five, because <laughs> that's like a show, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. I'm kind of excited for both of them. There were some good parts of the Fetty Alvarez, Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, but kind of sucked as a whole. Yeah. His writing partner from that is also his writing partner on the Alien movie, but I'm pretty sure that was his writing partner on everything. His other movies too. So. Yeah. yeah. So that's okay. They can have a turn. So maybe that one was just weird because Evil Dead's an amazing remake. Yeah. So. I don't know. That That's the alien news. Five Nights at Freddy's. I saw Jason Blum tweeted or X. I don't know what the fuck you say now, <laughs> but he said that it's the highest grossing Blumhouse film of all time now. Wow. Which means it surpassed. I think Megan was the highest before that. Damn. It did better than Megan. 283 million worldwide, 136 million domestic, 
$20 million budget. Okay. Well, the forums are already churning out. They're already open for next year for HHN. This is already the highest thing running up in speculation right now is that there's no way we won't have Five Nights at Freddy's next year. I bet Blumhouse does a split thing again, and it's Megan and Five Nights at Freddy's. That would actually make sense. They'd go together, and they're both their two newest, hottest properties. Yup. Be cool either way. I like the movie. Uh, I'll get into that later, though. Okay. They announced a greenlit black phone sequel, and Ethan Hawke and all the kids are coming back, and the dad and everything. Okay. Joe Hill doesn't have a sequel to the story that he wrote. That was going to be my question. (laughs) So I I guess they're going their own way on that one. But uh, I like the first one, so I'll watch it. Yeah. Ethan Hawke creeped me the fuck out. Straight up. Damn guys in their vans. (laughs) Robert Eggers Nosferatu, which I'm super pumped about, has a release date now. Christmas of 2024. Damn, that's a ways away. a year away. to wait, but <laughs> I know. But he released some photos. So I saw Nicholas Holt is like the guy, the hero guy. I didn't even know he was in it. <laughs> and then Lily Rose Depp, I saw pictures of her, which is Johnny Depp's daughter that's been in some things. Yeah. It was supposed to be Anya Taylor-Joy, but something else came up or some shit. Because okay. you know, she's like Robert Eggers' girl or go-to girl, you know? Yeah. But what I also didn't know is Bill Skarsgård is playing Count Orlock. Nice. And he said that he's so utterly transformed via prosthetics and the way he acts as Count Orlock that you can't even fucking tell it's him and it's terrifying. <laughs> okay. So I'm kind of happy to see that too. <laughs> this one, I don't know if you know about this, probably excited about it. Jordan Peele is remaking The People Under the Stairs. See, and that that's something that, that when the wife brought it up, it's like, don't don't you fuck up Wes Craven. But at the same time, I would love to see Jordan Peele's take on the story because of the subject right. matter of the story. Yeah, he's the perfect person to ha- handle that subject matter. And he always said he was a Wes Craven fan. Yeah. When we were when we covered him, we saw the interviews. He's like, Nightmare on Elm Street was my jam. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So so we get we get a flick that's you know about you know classism. And uh, not judging a book by its cover and, and, and all that good shit. So it, it can't be any worse than Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I like Nope. I hated Nope. <laughs> I was mad. I mean, it's not it's not a regular rewatch for me, but I thought it was a pretty cool alien flick. So It had its moments. It handled that, like, dread trapped in, like, an isolated place. Like, and it, it didn't show the shark. You know what I mean? Yeah. That much. It did at the end. But, like... It was freaky without seeing anything. <laughs> that element of it I liked. Just by the time it got to it, and, and a lot of people are split on it, and we talked about it before, like when it gets to the reveal, I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, it wouldn't be a slice-by-slice slice episode if Jesse didn't have some sort of Dead by Daylight news. No shit. <laughs> but out of left field, they added Chucky as a killer. <laughs> Brad Dorff does the voice and he's like, come here, you little fuckers while you're running around. Like he cusses constantly. I haven't played him yet, but I saw he's out actually he came out yesterday, I think. So I'm going to have to try him this weekend, but he looks insane. And like, he'd be my favorite killer. Okay. And he like his special ability. He can run really fast. And it like does like the anime line blurs. He's going, <laughs> ah, with the knife. And when he's in that mode, he can slide under the pallets and jump through windows that normally a killer like is stopped by. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, and Brad Dorr constantly cussing, so I'm kind of excited. So Chucky goes Super Saiyan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, uh, all right, so Scream 7. Let's, let's talk about this one. I actually have an extra note that's not on here because there was more development 
since I wrote the notes today. Well, maybe we should table this because they're on the verge of tabling it themselves. <laughs> they might not actually be tabling it, but no, I'm pretty sure the shit's going to go in the can. <laughs> but the first bit of news that came out was that Melissa Barrera was fired. Yup. And they said it was because she was like defending Palestine, but everything I saw, she was kind of just saying like, you know, we shouldn't be fucking bombing citizens. We should help get the citizens out kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't do a whole lot of digging on it. But a lot of things referenced that in the same interview where she said all that, she also said something along the lines, and, and this is not a quote I'm reading. I'm paraphrasing something that I read that was probably paraphrased. But she basically said, I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to get in trouble for this because, you know, the Jews run Hollywood. Oh, damn. And that's not why they stated they fired her. But I have a feeling that would probably be the statement that actually got her fired. Yeah, yeah, that tracks. Um, and then, like, three days later, you find out that Jenna Ortega is not going to be in the film because she has filming conflicts. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Where are your air quotes, With sir? Wednesday, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> air quotes, yep. And then there were, like, leaked rumors that they were thinking about retooling the film and bringing back Nev Campbell and Patrick Dempsey and falling from their point of view, like, the killers are coming after them, which that's kind of a cool idea and probably something they should have done at the beginning of this trilogy, yeah. but now we're like halfway there and I like their characters. I mean, I know you guys don't like the way Melissa Barrera acts in those movies, but I, she's one of my favorite scream characters. Like I think she plays like, like she's just right on the verge of being fucking psychotic <laughs> <laughs> all times. And I like her character, but with their current story, they've pretty much tanked it. I think. Yeah. However, it was one of those like leaked company email things like from the studio came out today, Uh oh. like an hour and a half ago. So apparently Melissa was fired over a month ago. Okay. They just announced it. And Jenna Ortega told them like three months ago that she wasn't going to be able to do it because of filming conflicts and they didn't want to announce it, <laughs> Huh? you know, stocks or something, I'm sure. Or this could all be damage control. That's where I was going to go with it. Um, PR spin. <laughs> But now they're supposedly thinking about doing an entire reboot again. Okay. Which would mean they're canning Scream 7. Okay, just, yeah, do it. fucking redo it. Bring back Matthew Lillard. I don't care. I don't care if he plays a fucking a, a Rottweiler. Just bring him back. <laughs> yeah, but the leaked information also showed that Jenna Ortega asked for more money and the studio head wouldn't pay her. And that's supposedly why we didn't get Nev Campbell in the last one. Remember, she asked uh -huh. for more money and the guy was cheap and he wouldn't do it. Unfortunately, Scream 6 was like the highest grossing Scream movie at least since the original. Damn. I mean, that kind of like showed him, I don't need the original cast. I can do this shit on the cheap, you know? Yeah. But uh, Jenna Ortega has polling power. <laughs> right now, for sure. Man, that's fucked. But, you know, that's Hollywood. I mean, they're not fucking works of art, but I like the two new Scream movies. They're all right. <laughs> I think I even said it before. I think I like them, like they're under the original Scream for me, but I like them more in Scream 2 and 3. Yeah, that's, that's, I can't go there. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not the biggest fan uh, of no, those two films I either. <laughs> I was just invested. Like I'm invested now, but it's gone. <laughs> no shit. But that's what I have for horror news. You got anything? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, there's not any leaked Halloween Horror Nights shit yet. Other than what you just said. That's just, just the <laughs> speculation that I already mentioned. <laughs> All right, so announcements. There's going to be a Christmas episode, like usual. Yup. You'll get it by the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to promise by Christmas. I'll try, but you'll get it by the end of the year. Oh, look at us. We're improving. 
you know, we love to like throw back some eggnog and hammer out some Christmas horror films. So as far as plans for the next season, next year, whatever the fuck it is, I don't know. We haven't sat down and had any intricate conversations about it, but we did make a list earlier this season of categories and films. So that kind of helps us speed that process up. Yes, there is shit at the ready. Yeah. And I tried doing something different with my notes where they were more short formed on the last episode. That episode was over four hours long. We also covered three (laughs) movies. True. With a lot of backstory. And when I looked at my little time slots, I actually did short for what I normally do. Congratulations, sir. I think your film might actually ran the longest. What? But I think we're making fun of it a lot. Yeah, I do that. Also, everybody give Josh a hand. He edited the Halloween kill segment of the podcast. Yeah, look at me go. It was so fucking long and I didn't have enough time to do it. I needed help. (laughs) So I went back and listened to it, though. I noticed your ums survived. Oh, yeah, they did. Like, well, in in the beginning, (laughs) I think. Okay, so I think I did like you did in the beginning of like the podcast where there was like some stuff you were anal about in the beginning. And later on, you're like, fuck it. I don't have time for that. I literally did that during the episode. Like I was trying to keep it clean in the beginning. And then about halfway through, I'm like, I don't care anymore. This shit's got to come out. (laughs) Question. Interview time. Oh, okay. Do you um more than you realized you did when you listened to an unedited podcast episode? No, no, no. I know I do it just from listening to our episodes. <laughs> <laughs> but what's funny is like once I'm focused on it, it's like, damn, I really do. Um and uh um and yeah. uh Well there's the Josh Trifecta. <laughs> exactly. I think it's and um so <laughs> Yeah. If I remember correctly. Yeah. All right. Updates and corrections. I don't have a whole lot here, but I have shit. I think the last couple episodes, I didn't have anything. So Vicky is basically Annie or was basically Annie. I brought up the scene that was shot like the laundry scene. Yeah. Saying that like, oh, I think that's like an homage to Annie. But I thought about it after the fact. And she's like the cool sitter kid. She's trying to hook up with her boyfriend while sitting. And... She does the whole like fake talking to the killer in the closet, you know, yeah. like the Lori, he wants to ask you on a date. I really think she was modeled after Annie. So I just wanted to add that as an update. Okay. I put a bullet point that says PJ Souls. There's nothing else there, but I'm assuming that means I confirmed that PJ Souls did make a cameo in whichever film we said. I think PJ Souls was in it and we skipped it. <laughs> yeah, that. So sorry. Sorry. That was a shitty update, but you can Google that one unless you knew already. And I blamed the wrong cinema for my shitty balcony sound when i saw halloween ends oh damn last year it was actually the disney springs amc that i went to and not the universal theater oh okay so well fuck both of them sorry i shit shame the wrong movie theater what we watched my list is quite short yeah, what the and f- i swear i feel like there should be more stuff in there are you fucking broken sir I watched all of Creep Show season four, and I wish I could say that took a lot of time, but I think I did that in like two days. I saw Five Nights at Freddy's twice, saw it in the theater and on my son's birthday, and I watched the new Doctor Who special. Other than that, like my wife and I have tried like the new season of um, Upload started. We love that show. It's fucking hilarious okay. on Amazon. I think it's called Upload, but she was like working on something for like Girl Scouts or something during the first episode and kind of didn't know what was going on. She's like, I don't feel like watching it right now. So we kind of took a break on that. And there's this other show we like. It's something Vale and it's starring Courtney Cox and Greg Kinnear. We love the first season and it's like a horror-esque show, but like she didn't get into the second season. Is it the one where she's going absolutely nuts? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ginger's been watching that. I've seen a few episodes. I don't remember what it's called. (laughs) But really that's it for 
what I've watched allegedly. I guess I've worked and played too many video games. I don't know. What'd you watch? Holy shit. So this may be the longest list I've ever had on the show. Jesus. <laughs> we watched the uh, Rabid remake, which was okay. Ginger liked it. We watched Make Me Scream, which is like this reality haunted house game show where like okay. wh whoever screams the least wins and like fucking Urkel's on there and shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was something wrinkles the clown which is a documentary about the whole thing about the sightings of creepy clowns like we talked about on terrifier and shit but it's okay. specifically following this one guy that did this video of a clown under a girl's bed and like his phone number ended up like out on fucking reddit or something and like it, it, it's interesting it, as like a uh okay just a uh like, almost like a social commentary type thing to watch just interesting okay. to see people react because the, there's like 11 year old kids that are like calling him and doing TikTok videos and like, I'm going to find you and fucking kill you. I bet you like to fuck kids. Like this has got real dark, real fast. And this is like kids saying that escalated quickly. Yes. <laughs> Very fucked up. Um, that reminds me, I don't know if this came out before the last episode or not, but there's a teaser trailer for terrifier three and it's a Christmas film. Yeah. 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 Guess what Josh is covering next year. <laughs> no, man, no way. Why would I do a thing like that? <laughs> Claimed Five Nights at Freddy's, which I really liked until I liked it. I liked it until the end, and I haven't played the games, but the the end kind of pissed me off. So my ten year old son is a huge lore freak for Five Nights at Freddy's. Like he watches all the lore videos, he has all the games, he reads like books, like that are stories in that world, and he was like so pumped in the movie theater the whole time. And he said it was like awesome. Like they even took like the smallest little nerd Easter eggs and put them in there. And he's like, I finally understand why you get so excited while we watch Star Wars shows, <laughs> right? Like when something pops up from a book or something. Yeah, you know? that's awesome. So he said the story was handled really well. And he told me things that were altered, but even him, this, I mean, he's smart for his age too, but even him with his 10 year old mind was like, but I can see why that wouldn't look good on a film. And they changed it to the way they did, you know? <laughs> That's great. So he liked that. I thought it was good. Um, spoilers, I guess. I mean, it's been out for a little bit now, but I really liked the having him clean the knife off. Yeah. yeah. Just like he did in the original screen. Same camera angle and everything. Obviously, that was intentional. Yes. And uh, I remember when it first came out, Jason Blum tweeted like the tomato score or whatever, like the critic one was shit. And like the fan one was like 90 something. It was like really high. And he goes, as you can see, we made a film for the fans. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was good. It was, I think it was PG 13, wasn't it? Yeah. I think so. That's why I took the kids. Yeah. So it, it was done really well for a PG 13 movie. And it was done in a way where the animatronics were creepy, but they weren't actually like the slashers going around. So it was, I mean, it was done right, but it was, I, I thought it was a really well-made movie and they used a lot of actual animatronic that they made and then people in animatronic suits as well. But yeah. Well, and I it was cool. It's cool. I think the atmosphere could definitely translate to a house, but we got a year to go on that. What else you got? Um, John Carpenter's, uh, suburban screams. Is that his TV show? Did it come out? Yeah. I knew what I'm watching this weekend. <laughs> I will, I will hold my opinion until Jesse's at least seen it. <laughs> Answer me this though. Okay. Is it horror or true crime? True crime. Well, okay. True paranormal crime how's that okay did you at least <laughs> like it no details the style that it's done in i don't like and that's not a knock at john carpenter it's a knock at that style in general it's just not for me 
Okay. Was he the showrunner, writer, director, or what? I should know more about this than I do, but I don't. I think, if I remember right, he's the producer. I think he did the music, and he's probably done more on it, but I, I don't know if it was just that and his name on it. I, I didn't. Okay. I, I didn't. I didn't really pay attention. Did he sneak Kurt Russell in somewhere? No. This is speaking of Kurt Russell. There is a (laughs) new Godzilla TV show on Apple TV starring Kurt Russell. Okay. And I'm going to have to check it out. Like it's in that world. I think it's the same world as the current films. All right. It's like King of the Monarchs or something. I don't remember exactly what it's called, but uh, (laughs) as much shit as I give Apple, their TV shows are pretty fucking good. Generally, like (laughs) they make good shows. And it's got Kurt Russell in it, so I'm going to watch it. Okay. I don't know the right way to say this. It's either they, them, or they slash them. The Jesus Pray the Gay Away Camp slasher film with... Uh, Kevin Bacon? Yeah. Uh, yeah, was it any good? It, it's all right. There, there's some there's some shit in it that's like really good, and there's some shit in it that's absolutely unfucking believable like like take takes me out of it unbelievable gotcha worth watch hell house llc origins actually wasn't bad for anybody who's watched okay. those shitty movies this one was actually better than the last two <laughs> so is that the movie where it's like found footage and they're trying to set up the haunted house and the actual haunted house yes i watched the first one a few months ago and i actually liked it how many of them are there uh this is either the fourth or the fifth oh shit yeah <laughs> ginger finally watched highlander Fuck yeah, the the show or the movie? The movie. <laughs> okay, okay, the original one? Yes. Did you like she it? She hated it. <laughs> uh, I can see it that. Was, I love that. It's got a special guilty pleasure in my heart. I watched all of those films. The second one's absolute fucking trash, but it's like a <laughs> train wreck you have to watch. The show, though, that was probably my first foray into being hooked into a giant arc plot TV show. Yeah, the show was cool. Like, I compare it to M.A.S.H., like, the movie was all right, but the show was where it was fucking at. <laughs> and then uh, there was one of the Highlander movies. is called Endgame. Yeah. And it's the show people teamed up with the movie people. And that one was really good. And I think <laughs> it was made by the people that made the show. Okay. But then there was like a sci-fi sequel after that. That was actually, that was worse than the second one. <laughs> but yeah, they really fucked themselves with them being the one at the end and then deciding to make a franchise. <laughs> exactly. Saw X, no matter how much... The powers that be didn't want us to see it because we tried to see it in <laughs> Orlando and we go in, we get into the theater. We're the only people in there. Fucking nice. Like our whole day scheduled around this. We have golf reservations. We have dinner reservations, like everything And by, by golf reservations. I mean, fucking mini golf outside the theater. Anyways, <laughs> so all the lights are flickering and all the audio is just. And I'm like, okay, sometimes it does that before the actual movie because it's fucking shit file or whatever. That's happened before. It's cool. And it finally gets to fucking the Lionsgate logo. And the audio still keeps going. And all the lights keep flashing when the audio is fucking up. And I'm like, I'm not dying in a theater fire. I want my fucking money back. <laughs> Anyways, we found another way to watch it. I don't buy Amanda. Amanda's in it? In a prequel because I'm sorry. That, is it a prequel? Yes. It is. Okay. It is like. It it's takes uh it's supposed to be right after the first one, so not really a prequel, but a requel. You know what they're doing these days. So it, it's supposed to take place yeah, after yeah. Saw One. This makes me more interested in seeing it because I've only watched like the first two or three. Okay, well it's it's weird seeing Amanda like that much older, and you're supposed to believe that she's that much younger. That's really yeah. hard to steer away from. Anyways, it's it's worth a watch. Um, I'm almost done. I promise. Okay, talk to me. Have you seen that? 
Which one is that? Okay, that's the one where they have the 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 little ceramic hand, and they tie him to the chair, and you grab the hand, and a spirit appears, and you allow the spirit to no. possess you. Okay, you need to see this. I won't spoil it. I really liked it, except for the end. Of course, I have that problem with a lot of movies. I think you have that problem with every movie. <laughs> we finished Gen V, and uh, we watched A Haunting in Venice, and I thought it was pretty lame. <laughs> <laughs> it's more drama, though, right? It is. <laughs> okay, okay. So, yeah, sorry. Like I said, I, that long list <laughs> this time around <laughs> it's fine it's been a while so i'm actually surprised mine was so short like i said i'm i watch shit with the kids and stuff you know like but it, it wasn't anything really relevant for this you know <laughs> like we watched the guardians of the galaxy christmas special again the other day with kevin bacon in it. okay it's fantastic if you haven't seen it it's utterly hilarious well i guess we should get into hhn 32 right fuck yeah as you guys know, Josh and I were planning on recording or live streaming the event, but like I said earlier, it didn't work out. We were going between areas really quickly, and I kind of sissied out on doing it in line and bothering people. And then we got tired at the end of the night and didn't feel like doing it. And I assumed we'd do it a week or two later, and we didn't. But uh, with all that being said, <laughs> it was really cool that my wife and I were able to meet up with Josh and his wife this time and go through everything together. Yeah. And how much fun is it having Margie there freaking the fuck out the entire time and the scare actors like smelling it on her? Oh, yeah. And like just coming for her. Dude, it was perfect because she's she's got the the target on her. And then we did the thing, you know, they tell you not to do. And that's put a dude at the front, put a dude at the back, put the girls in the middle. And we had the scared girl in the middle. So we got yeah. more good runs this year than I've had in the past two years, which was fucking <laughs> great. <laughs> They're just attracted to her and it's fucking awesome. And you know, she's not really into horror movies, but she likes doing the houses and it really I mean, even for her, like that, that adds to it, you know? Yeah. Like cause she's constantly getting attention. But I'll go into detail a little bit more on that. I, I think somewhere down here in my notes. But um okay. I really wish I would not have been at Disney World with my whole family for four days running up to this event <laughs> because my wife and I were just already so worn out. And I honestly think it took out some of the fun of the event for me. Yeah. Just from being drained. Cause I did not enjoy it as much as the year before. And I mean, the year before was my first time. It had a Michael Myers house. <laughs> it had a cool Blumhouse house. You know what I mean? So I don't know how much of it was that, how much of it was that I was exhausted. Bit of column A, bit of column B, you know, like, um, but yeah, I definitely don't recommend doing like several days of Disney or Universal before <laughs> going out on Horror Nights. And uh, I can't believe we went 41 years <laughs> Without ever riding a roller coaster together. I know, dude. I don't think we ever even went to the fair together. <laughs> I don't think so. No. And and it was fucking Gringotts, like Escape from Gringotts. Wasn't even anything crazy. I wanted to ride the mommy with you, but we were all so tired, you know? <laughs> I will say getting that scream early is definitely, definitely worth it. Cause we walked in at like the last possible minute that counted as scream early. And we were going into the second house when they opened the gate for the hotel people, right? Yeah. And they purposely take you to the most popular house. So like Scream Early, you started at Last of Us this year. Yeah. Right? So I'll go into detail later, but that's the one we stood in line for for fucking ever, even with fast passes. <laughs> and just like eliminating that from your night just gives you so much extra time, you know? Because I felt like we were, it was pretty rushed. Like 
as we went through, because we, we did try to chillax through it at first, but then we realized, like, oh, we're kind of falling behind, you know? Well, and it was also fucking packed. For the middle of the week, this usually doesn't happen, and that that afternoon, I was looking, no, it was maybe even a week before, that night was a fucking sold-out night, which was part of the problem. Yeah. yeah. Fucking elbows and assholes, man. <laughs> but anyways, more info will be provided further with specifics from the event and uh god i hope we remember enough stuff to cover this so we're not doing this like last year where we had our wives and we ranked the houses and shit because honestly we all four of us kind of had a meh feeling for part of it right (laughs) and it's kind of hard to rank them i i did a top three at the bottom but um i'm gonna go through the houses in the order that they appear on the official map which is mostly the path we took okay there are some spots where there are three houses like right by each other and across the street and shit. We went in a different order than they were listed, but they're all together, right? So I'm going to start us off with Blood Moon Dark Offerings. It is a story based off of a cult in a colonial era town that is worshiping the Blood Moon, and they basically have gone crazy, and they're hunting down and killing all the non-believers in their town. And that includes us. Yeah, yeah. First house we did, I thought it was awesome, and it was one of my favorites. The story and the theming were very nice. There was a lot of gore in there, and it had really good scares. And I had a lot of fun in that one. Yes, same. I think we had a really good run. It was a great way to start the night. It was very immersive. I actually felt like I was somewhere else. Cohesive story. It was very easy to follow. Like you said, fucking great gore. Probably the best gore out of all the houses. And just absolutely beautiful set work. Not as good as, you know, Deadly Waters and, and stuff, but but it, it almost had those vibes like the, the person up in the bell tower and shit. Like it was almost yeah. that fucking good. But yeah, great house. I love it. Was that the one where the guy jumped off like in a noose? Yes. Okay. That was, yeah, that was fucking, oh my God, what just happened? Yes. Because that's the thing I said last year. It's just like how professional the houses feel versus a local haunted house. Yeah. Except for we got some local haunted houses this year, I feel like. <laughs> I'll get there, though. So the next house we went to was Exorcist Believer, which I said in the last episode I, I had just seen it, and I didn't really know how they were going to translate that film into a house other than just having creepy, possessed girls that have been terrifying us since the original film came out running around. And that's basically what they did. Pretty much. As far as plot of the movie, it started out in Haiti, which the movie starts out in. And we ended up in like the hospital in the house, right? But other than that, it was just like every room you went in, the girls were possessed in it and they were doing creepy shit. And it's one of those things like it depends on your run. Like I remember we went like through the kitchen where they're doing the exorcism at the end of the film and Josh and Ginger were in the front and then it was Margie and then it was myself. And we left a gap or somehow accidentally made a gap, right? And it's because my wife stopped. She freaks out sometimes and stops. Because we weren't sure if it was a person or a mannequin in the chair. Right? (laughs) Okay, okay. (laughs) We could see them in the hallway, and they hadn't moved. And we walked through the room, and they hadn't moved. So you're like, it's got to be a mannequin. It's basically the same thing that happened with Ethan Hawke's character from the Black Phone house last year, right? Like, it ended up being a mannequin. What we didn't notice was the lady standing in the corner. (laughs) And she came running out screaming, you know, something about exercising the demon. And she started fucking spritzing holy water everywhere. And Josh and Ginger had already made it through the archway into the next room. And I just got doused with, yeah, yeah, I got doused with holy water and shit. I'm like, this is kind of awesome, you know? (laughs) But that's one of those things that depends on your run, right? It did have good scares, though. 
and it definitely felt like an exorcist themed attraction. Oh yeah. And, uh, I thought this one was pretty decent on the scary factor. <laughs> As you alluded to, um, Ginger and I felt like we had a little bit of a meh run cause it was, we were ahead of y'all and we missed some shit. Yeah. To me, the scare actors were not very high energy. The girls mainly is who I'm picking on in this one. I will say the girls did act like they do in the movie though. Oh, that like, they just kind of, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like lackadaisical that's how they are i mean it's like i will swallow your fucking soul yeah no, I, I need, <laughs> like that's how they are i need more than that i need you to i need you to like bowel shaking scares <laughs> there was some of it that was a little lame um there was uh, some stuff that was actually reused set pieces from previous years okay and there was a couple of dead hallways i really really don't like dead hallways even when they're only six feet long okay i'm not saying it was a bad house but it was i'd put it pretty low on, on my list for me at least yeah, I, I could agree. The next house we were all very excited for. And I don't know, this is the next one on the map. The next like three houses or so might be in a slightly different order. I don't remember, but the Stranger Things house, one of the big two there. Okay, okay. Right? I loved the Stranger Things house. <laughs> I thought it was one of the best decorated ones and one of the most immersive houses there. And it really made you feel like you're in season four of the show. We even had Eddie fighting the bats off to master of puppets and then dying at the end. Yep. And I loved it. However, I found this to be one of the least scary houses out of the entire night. The themes are well, they didn't hold back on the, the kill scenes or the scares. It was an awesome experience, but I don't know. It was like the least scary one to me. I don't even know if Margie got scared during it, but <laughs> The whole time walking through it, and even when we came out of it, Margie and I, and I know you and me and Ginger a little bit, we're just talking about like how well they put stuff from the show in there. Yeah. Like even the dude getting like burned by the line in the attic and torn in half and shit was in yep. there. Like Vecna looked like Vecna. You know, they had the weird glowing shit on the walls, and I, I thought it was a fun house. It just wasn't scary. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So all three of the, the Stranger Things houses. That's that's kind of how it was when they did Beetlejuice and when they did Ghostbusters. Is it was more of okay. walking through the movie, walking through the show, like you're just there as it's happening around you and less scares. I think I honestly would prefer that. Like it just being a completely immersive experience. That's kind of why I like the Star Wars shit so much at Disney, because it's very immersive. You know, like it's not the craziest rides. Yes. I mean But it's cool. You feel like you're there. When they do it right, it's it's friggin' amazing. And that's why Poltergeist, it had it all. It felt like I was there and it was terrifying at the same time. The closet fucking the hallway monster was the anyways. But as far as Stranger <laughs> Things 4 goes, once again, I think we had an okay run, but there wasn't, like you said, it wasn't a scare house, you know, except for right. Vecna. And that was more just creepy. Yeah. It's interesting because I feel like we got a lot of attention and not very many dead spots. I, yeah. I feel like we actually probably got a good run. It's just not as scary a one. And maybe that could be a fucking Netflix clause. They want you to chew up the scenery while you're in there. You know, no, that that layout was packed. There was nothing dead in that layout. Right. That was great. It just wasn't scary. The way <laughs> the way they did the camper and you got to do it both times from the upside down, you know, once once in the beginning, going through the camper yeah. and then, then again later on. Fucking awesome. I'm OK. So that projection shit they did. That's the first time they've ever done that. I was not a fan of okay. that, not the technology, but how it was implemented. Well, the Universal Legends last year 
the walls would completely morph due to projections and so did the freaky like it would go from aztec temple to like the house via laser projection yes that's fine but having one big room where the entire back wall is projection and then two rooms later you're in another room that the entire back wall is projection. Here's my beef with it. I'll, I'll make it make sense. And actually, I might not have realized it, or I'm, it's just not sticking out. <laughs> I am used to watching like shit filmed in the volume, like all the Star Wars shows and stuff, you know? <laughs> the floating Sam pissed me off. That was weak sauce. Like, because she's like six inches off the ground. Like, come on. Like, e- either do it or yeah. don't do it. That, that made me mad. But I really wish the end would have been like a bigger open hellscape. Vecna room. Yeah. And they could have done the projection there to where it was an endless yeah. nothingness of red with the clock and the stairs. Like that could have been amazing. I would have liked that more than the attic Vecna that we got. So I don't remember the projections. So <laughs> were they more like backdrops, like extend the set? Yes. In one room, it was just stuff, okay. stuff in the background. And then the Eddie scene, the entire everything that was flying that they were fighting was rear projection. Like that made that makes sense though that they did that that way because it looks because yes. I remember it looking like they were standing there and it you know had a lot of depth like like obviously I remember it I just like it did, it just didn't really click to me but like yeah I mean I I thought like those are large environments story wise and really I feel like the set extensions probably added to it no no, no I'm, I'm you just, didn't like it no it it works my beef with it is it's kind of like a forced perspective thing that if you're going to take an entire blank wall and that big and it only be projection like plan it as force perspective scale it right yeah it was when you walk around okay. the side of it and like you're okay so now you're at the side and you're looking at the back of the trailer and you only see the edge of the screen and stuff i'm i'm that kind of asshole anyways th- my point being it was a good house i had fun yeah and it was the worst Stranger Thing house so far. And it, I'm not shitting on it. I'm saying it was still really? good. Dude, the first one, the first season, was just that amazing. And then the second season, you actually, you're in the mall. And it, okay. And, and, and there's the mind flayer. Like, you're in the room with it. You walk in between its legs and shit. Like, the shit they did in the first two was just, it, it was more over. it. The first two felt mo- more over the top than this one, even though I think it was a great house. I mean, kudos to them once yeah. again for doing it. I'm Like I said, I'm not shitting on it at all. <laughs> I'm sure Netflix throws money into these houses. Yeah, and one, that's part of the problem because they threw, they directed and cast the first house. Okay. Yeah, so it's, I, I, it's an, I'm biased, okay? <laughs> They're trying to protect their intellectual property, man. <laughs> but it was still awesome. And I've, yeah, it was awesome. All right, so the next house on the list Dueling Dragons Choose Thy Fate. Woohoo! This is, of course, an homage to the old Dueling Dragon ride. Yup. That was at Universal Studios, where the Hagrid motorcycle ride that I never get a chance to ride is now at. <laughs> and. It was fantasy themed. It was like a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Like it was narrated to you by a dungeon master. It had warlocks and Merlin and fucking dragon people popping out. And big ass dragons. Yeah, yeah, there's dragons. There's a split where you had to choose fire or ice. And we chose ice. Josh thought it was fire, but his wife argued ice. I remembered ice. I asked my wife. It was ice. We, we took <laughs> ice. Okay. Okay. Apparently, I just really <laughs> wanted to do fire and didn't get to. <laughs> I just remember we were like, which path? Actually, I think Ginger said, which path do you guys want to take? I was like, I don't know. And she goes, well, they say the ice one's the better one. I was like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> um, so we don't have anything to compare it to. But... It was really cool. I felt like I was in like a D and D campaign the entire time. However, not scary at all. No, 
but I thoroughly fucking enjoyed it. Yes. I think we had a good run on it. Of course, the when you get towards the end of the house and the choose they fate, that is that is the exact same set from the roller coaster where you would pick the fire roller coaster or the ice roller coaster. I never rode it because I don't like rides where you hang in a harness. <laughs> I can't do them. So that was just great fan service, as I'll, I call it. I think that old house was fan service from what I read. It really was. Very immersive. Great sets. I loved the fire and ice effect in the rock work. I mean, you had shit where you had... You had the the spell book and you would see like the words written in fire as they were yeah. appearing in it. And then the, the fire would go off through the walls and shit. I loved all of that. And the ice really looked like uh, White Walkers, White Walkers. <laughs> from Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. There were some people that were shitting on it of it just being a fan service house. But like like Jesse said, there was nothing scary about it. But it was just fun. It was beautiful. It felt like you were somewhere else. I really, really liked it. Yeah. It was a cool one. And it's interesting that they chose like a not horror themed ride to make a house out of. I know, right? You know, like it, it was neat. And they went that like campy Dungeons and Dragons route. Oh, full on. Yeah. Like, like they embraced it and that was the way to do it. Yes. And, you know, there might've been a lot of people that went through that house and didn't even get that, you know, they just thought it was part of the experience. But like as a nerd myself, <laughs> I thought it was awesome, man. That was the thing. So when it was first rumored on the forums, you had so many people on there that are like, this is stupid. There's no fucking way they would do this as a house. You don't know what you're talking about. Right. But it was fan service. And that's what I like about Orlando. Orlando is not scared of fan service. And that's going to come up again in Yeti. <laughs> <laughs> Which we're about to cover. All right. Actually. So Yeti, Campground Kills. This was described to me by Josh. It's Camp Crystal Lake but with a Yeti instead of Jason Voorhees. <laughs> that was quite literal. That's what I got. And it was fucking awesome this one had really really good scares it got us quite a few times josh and ginger don't really get scared i think they've gone enough times they figure out where everybody's hiding like i'm <laughs> decent at it but then i also have my wife in front of me getting scared you know but i felt like they had good hidey holes there was a shit ton of gore in this one there were live events that happened like there was a hunter that ran out and he started talking about look i got one and he points down and there's like a carcass of a baby yeti yes. that he killed that i didn't even notice was on the ground and then he gets fucking spearhead tackled by a yeti and, <laughs> and then you just see an arm fly into the room of blood and i'm like what the fuck just happened it was awesome i love this one and it had this ridiculous bear that popped out some point that josh is gonna have to tell you more about but it was a lot of fucking fun and scary okay this was my favorite house i think <laughs> we had an amazing run it was very immersive in my opinion the most intense scare actors of the entire event all the yeti people were just balls out good gore and in my notes the fucking bear baby yeti snakes and toilets okay I forgot about snakes in the yeah, toilets. Yeah, so there's like fucking outhouse toilets and snakes would pop out of them. It was so much fun. And you got campers getting slaughtered in the tents and it's backlit. And that's part of what felt, you know, like Friday the 13th. But the bear. Okay. So, of course, towards the end of the house, <laughs> there's this big ass bear. And it's like in a, in a corner and you cut to the right. And it's like, yes, the bear. Okay. And, and let's be honest, if you haven't seen it, it looks like an NBA mascot. <laughs> It's got like a fucking giraffe <laughs> neck and shit. So back in the first Yeti house, people were talking about randomly seeing this bear at the end of the house. And it became this thing of like, why? It was like a meme, right? Because it looked like shit. Yes. And so it's become like this legend. And then when the next Yeti house gets announced, it's like, actually, I think this is the third Yeti house. That's everybody saying. It's like, will the bear be there? Will the, and everybody's been calling it the HHN bear. 
And Josh kept talking about it on the way to the house. I'm like, I have no fucking clue what you're talking about. And then it was like a fucking little girl seeing Taylor Swift at the mall. He's like, it's the bear. It's the bear. When it came out, he was so happy. This is all accurate. I fucking love that house. <laughs> it was fun. It's going to make when I, when we get to the top three for me, like you don't have to do a top three, but I try to do one. It's like such a cop out. <laughs> okay. All right. So the next house. Chucky, the ultimate kill count. I meant to put where the houses were, but this is the one where you got to wait through the fucking family. The, yeah, the, line. yeah. This is in, <laughs> this is in Dom's garage. <laughs> yeah. It, it, Fast and the Furious. It's just what you would expect it to be. It's basically themed after the show, kind of its own thing. The plot is that Universal was making a haunted house based off of Chucky and Chucky thought it was bullshit and he was coming in to fuck you up. Right. Yeah. Slaughtered everybody, uh, slaughtered the cast, made, made the house his own. <laughs> I thought it was kind of neat, but once I saw the giant full grown man sized Chuckies, <laughs> it took me out of it and kind of ruined the whole fucking house for me. They did have some good jump scares in there and they did some cool little tricks with the animatronic Chuckies and they should have stuck with that. And then they started having like full grown people in Chucky costumes breaking out and I'm like, Bro, you look fucking ridiculous. Yup. Once again, it looked like a NBA mascot, <laughs> but they were trying to make this one scary. Whereas the Yeti bear was meant to be a joke, right? Yes. The best part of that house to me was the, like in line, there were TVs set up and Chucky was talking shit to us the whole fucking time. Yeah. Well, and even throughout the house. And I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And he would cuss. And when he would cuss, the universal logo would cover his mouth. <laughs> Yeah, it was great. So, like, I like that part. I like the idea of it. But like I said, maybe it's a nitpick thing. But I don't know why they chose to have, like, full-grown Chuckies. And it really took me out of it. But having them jump out of the packages was cool. Yes, when you're walking through the whole row of packages and shit. Yeah. So they did a Chucky house a while back. And they did, I want to say, nothing but short actors as Chucky. And everybody ragged on them so hard for it. Like... If you can't do this with puppets, just don't do it because it does not work. Right. So I was very happy to see that it was at least 90% puppets. And we still had a couple couple of guys in Chucky costume, yeah. which is just uh, the house was dumb. I honestly wonder if there's some sort of like guild or union clause where they can't have a house without actors. Oh, no, no, no. It's not that because the 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 people that are puppeteering, the the scare actors puppeteer the the puppets. So they still get to quote yeah. unquote play their character. It's just harder to staff because okay. now you got to have somebody that's actually decent at puppeteering. And then can they move back and forth while they're watching? I've read the, the forums went nuts with this. Because if I remember correctly, even the room lined up with the packages with the creepy animatronic ones popping out. When you got to the end, he's like, snap it to a Slim Jim. And he comes out with a chainsaw <laughs> randomly and he's like gigantic. And I'm like, nah, man. Yeah. Chucky's scary because he's a foot and a half tall. Well, and that's after you see the foot and a half tall puppet with the chainsaw banging on the glass. And then that one comes running yeah. out. It just doesn't work. That was a good spot with the glass because you're not expecting it. And he starts beating the fuck out of yeah. it, too. Yeah, that and the, the electrical shit. Yeah, yeah. So I like it anytime they do electrical shit and slamming and you can like fill it in the fucking slats of the floor. Yes. Like that shit gets me every time. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, that house was goofy and not in a good way. I love that they went puppet heavy. Uh, Ginger thought it was better than the hate that it gets, but she watched the show. So like she was recognizing. Oh, it's first season. Okay. Yeah. So she was recognizing some of the victims as the victims from the show that turned into Chucky's victims in the house, not the way it was in the show. So she got, yeah. she got more out of it than I did. It was, it was the comedy house. It was, it filled, it 
filled that niche. I'll give it that. I like the Brad Dorif lines and like the TV cues. Like I said, I don't know. Like it should have been cooler to me. I had higher hopes for that one than what I got. <laughs> it's the curse, man. If 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 the house is at at Fast and Furious, so far everything is a 50-50 shot. It's either going to be good or bad. <laughs> I like the Blumhouse Presents that was there last year. That's where you had Freaky well, see, and uh, Blackphone, and it was good. And that's part of what was fun because you go outside through that one walkway. And it, it breaks yeah. up the two houses where in Chucky, you're like, all of a sudden you're outside and a guy's telling you, Chucky's going to get you. And it's like, huh, what? And then you're back in the house again. That, that I didn't like that. I forgot to put this in my notes. I don't even know if I remember to tell you this. Okay. Okay. So the spot where he's talking about in between the two buildings, we have to walk outside. They have a scare actor running around screaming that Chucky's going to kill you. All four of us wore these bitchin slice by slice <gasps> oh, t-shirts. Yeah. But they said slice by slice in the front. They had the logo on the front and on the back, it had the new a horror movie podcast and our URL, right? So this guy's like, don't go in there. Chucky's going to get you. And he's running back and forth talking to everybody. And of course, there's a gap in between Josh and Ginger and Margie, right? And he walks up and he grabs Margie. I feel like he grabbed her by the shoulders, but I don't think they're supposed to touch you. So maybe he didn't, but like she just stopped, right? Like, and he goes, don't go in there. Chucky's in there and he's going to cut you up slice by slice. And he points at the t-shirt when he said it. And I was like, yes, I forgot that happened. <laughs> I'm going to use this opportunity to bring up to anyone that ran into us there. That's listening to this episode. Um, that was fun. It was nice to meet y'all. Yeah. It was nice to yeah. have people come up and ask uh, about our shameless self-promotion of us all in 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 our slice by slice uniforms but it fucking worked <laughs> the amount of times we walk by a group of people and they go what's slice by slice and someone pulled their phone out i'm like yes <laughs> <laughs> so yes thank you thank you to all those people if you are are listening that was really fun to to actually interact with some people and people ask what the fuck we're we're on about <laughs> yeah yeah because we had some good questions and stuff and uh, we had a little bit of a download spike actually in that like 48 hour window. And I'm assuming it was the people that talked to us. So awesome. Thank you. Thank y'all. Next house though, Dr. Oddfellow's Twisted Origins. This haunted house was centered around this year's icon because to my understanding, they pick an icon that's a universal made character and try to do some shit with them, right? I didn't, I didn't really catch a whole lot of that last year, but I saw like this cool t-shirt and I'm like, who the fuck are these guys? And <laughs> asked Josh about it. And he's like, those are icons. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. But this year's icon was Dr. Oddfellow and it took place in a Midwest town during the Dust Bowl. And it basically showed you how Dr. Oddfellow got his immortality, which is vampirism. You find out also, right? Yes. One of his powers. If I remember correctly, it was literally like a carnival of thrills, including clowns, right? Yes. This is one of them that was kind of like, meh, to me. I thought it was okay. This is the one that felt the most like a haunted house I could have seen here in town. Okay. Like the set layout and stuff. The icon did have a cool backstory and seeing his story progress was kind of cool. Like if I was knew more about it or was into it more, right? Like I, I probably would have got more out of it, but the house as a whole was kind of meh to me. And I, I, I think so to Margie too. Okay. As outsiders. Uh, no, I can totally see that. Now, now for people that know the icons and everything in this story, this is where Jack the clown got created. So it was cool to go there. Okay. And I think he died in the house, right? Yeah. Which 
if you follow the story is actually kind of weird because after basically the story <laughs> is is after Oddfellow killed Jack, Jack came back and killed Oddfellow, but they're both still alive. There's a whole podcast about it. I, I, I ain't even going to go into all of it, but uh, I thought it was fairly immersive. Part of your beef. It wasn't good on the storytelling if you didn't know to begin with. If you didn't know to begin with, it's just like, okay, I just walked through some fucked up carnival. Because really, I could tell there was a lot of storytelling going on. And and they gave you enough to like follow it while you're in there. But it's like, why am I supposed to be invested in this? And they spent more time having Dr. Oddfellow like talk yeah. from various spots and things like that than they did having scare actors. Exactly. Now, for it to be a fucking carnival missed opportunity to have a fucking spinning tunnel like i love those things and oh yeah those are they fucked me up too it would have been perfect and it really made me miss what i believe was called carnival graveyard from a few years back that was done in a sound stage and was one of the first like full-on large-scale immersive beautiful like oh my god okay. i have to come here every year houses but it was still an okay house it was just it it really was a another one of the fan service for the people that have been going since like the fucking 90s and watched the icons yeah. all be born and all that shit. So all in all, it was all right. But there, I do think it was a couple of misses. Traditionally, do they always have an icon house? Not always. Okay, because there wasn't one last year that I recall. No. No, there definitely wasn't. Yeah. So, But I didn't know if it was because it was the 31st one. They were trying to make it so Halloween themed, you know, with like pumpkins and the fucking harvest and michael myers and all that shit so i was just curious yeah the anniversary years and the in quote unquote in between years when they don't get really really big ips is when you usually see the icon houses so this year was kind of weird having stranger things last of us exorcist and an icon house that was kind of weird yeah but the next house the darkest deal yeah loosely based on the urban legend of robert johnson who supposedly sold his soul to the devil at the crossroads in Mississippi in exchange for extreme musical talent and fame. Also Ralph Macchio. And Steve I. <laughs> yeah, and Steve I. Because it was a movie. We watched it when we were kids uh, based off of the story. Robert Johnson was a real guy. Yes. And he died at the age of 27. Just randomly. 27 Club. He was poisoned, actually. So it's not entirely random, but it's random to get poisoned. Yeah, yeah. It's never planned. Well, not by the poisoned. <laughs> Ask Romeo and Juliet about that. But uh, yeah, I mean, it kind of makes you wonder if there's some credence to the story, right? But everybody knows some version of the Crossroad Devil story, but this is really the American roots of it. Yes. I like this one because I was really familiar with the story. We were kind of talking about that with The Last House, right? Like you get out of it what you know about the story. And I thought they did a really good job of making it look like old Mississippi swamps and like old Mississippi blues clubs. And it had really good jump scares in there. They had one scare actor dressed like what I would call a paper boy, but it, it kind of looks like the kid that's randomly hiding in the corner and playing with the records and in insidious. And he jumped out at my wife and swatted towards her. And he scared the bejesus out of her. Like, I think that was the biggest scream we got out of her. <laughs> and she just froze and backed up against the wall. And he had like a slat of wood in front of him. So he, he, ducked down and went under it and he started reaching for her feet okay you're talking about the one that coming out from under the stage yeah okay. and they're not supposed to touch you but he swatted at her feet like 10 times at least and she kept screaming and lifting her feet and jumping and going oh my god what are you doing why are you doing this to me why won't you stop and it was just he fed off of it and he went with it 
And it was one of my favorite moments of the night that like stood out, but it did have some good jump scares there. Honestly, though, I have a feeling with the way it was laid out, set, decorated, however you want to call it, that I would have thought it was kind of meh if I didn't know the story as well as I did. I definitely see that. Yeah. But like I said earlier, if you have good scare actors that are placed in a good spot with good timing and have a good run, it, it can fucking make the house a winner. And I felt like we got a lot of that. Plus, I had the immersion of the story. I bet there's people that don't know the story, though, that probably didn't really get into it. Yes. Especially if they didn't have the run we did. I thought the run, that was probably our best run. I'd say it was the best house, but like I felt like we had a really good run with a lot of extra attention in that one. Yes. And and that and I've got it that way in my notes that we had a good run. It was another really immersive house. It was a sprung tent done right, unlike Odd Fellows, to where yeah. you had ceilings, you felt like you were somewhere else. Like you said, you know, with us being from the South, being musicians, we fucking know the story very well. But I can totally understand if someone didn't know the story at all that it could have felt like coven to them. I could I could draw a parallel between those two, but knowing the story, it all made sense to me. Like I understand yeah. why there's different, you know, you're going scene by scene of people, you know, losing their souls, you know, and you're, now your soul is mine, and like and, and and people getting turned into demons and running around. Like it totally made sense. Yeah. But there's people that don't get it, like the person that I was reading on the fucking forums today that said that Darkest Deal was a universal house with a made up blues personality. Like they didn't get it at all. <laughs> And that's got to suck. There was literally a stage with like a rocking chair and guitar amps, like the old tweed style amps, you know, yes. that was completely fucking vacant. And I feel like we were supposed to have something there that we didn't get. I, okay. So that one, I, I did go back and watch walkthroughs to see what was supposed to be going on there. And I think we either just straight up missed it somehow. I assume that was the duel. That, well, it was supposed to be uh, Robert Johnson on stage playing and the demon coming out and saying, no, you, I, you've now sealed the deal and your soul is mine. Yeah, that would have been really cool to see. We didn't get that. Somebody called in sick that day or had to take a shit. Yeah, or it was somehow we caught the the tail end or the very beginning of, of a shift change. I don't know, but all the other little stages and everything, everybody was staffed. It was awesome. I liked the house. I, I really did. Yeah, I did too. I did too. Like I said, though, I, I think I would have not liked it very much if I wasn't familiar with the story. Though. Yes, totally agree. So there's a little bit of bias. Definitely. <laughs> all right. The other big house, The Last of Us, based off the PS4 game, not the show, but it's close enough that for most people, they probably didn't know the difference (laughs) that had only watched the show. In all honesty, I thought this was a really well-designed house thematically, just like the Stranger Things house, probably even more like turn their amps to 11. Because I mean, like when we walked in and we were in a fucking parking garage with the concrete shattered and there was actual cars flipped over and shit. Like I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm on a movie set yeah. now, you know, and you had like the the Firefly resistance fighters and shit doing their thing. And it, that part was just fucking phenomenal. The story was pretty damn good. You knew what was going on the whole time. I feel like even if you'd never watched the show or played the game, you could tell what was going on. Yeah. Of course, the plant zombies were scary as hell, and they had them placed really well in awesome places, and you could hear the clicker (laughs) as you're getting closer and closer, and that, like, gave me some internal dread, like, playing the game. That was awesome. 
like I said, the, the skier actor placement was phenomenal, but what I felt like this house did the best out of all the houses, or at least tied for best, was the double skiers. I experienced a lot of double scares at Halloween Horror Nights 31, where they scare the fuck out of you on the right side, and then you take two steps and they get you again yeah. on the left side. And they did that really well in this house several times where you would see Ellie and you're like looking at her and like, she's so compelling. And then like a clicker would pop out on the side or somebody's getting slaughtered or something, you know? And I thought they did a really good job with the misdirection and the double scares there, but it was very immersive and probably is one of the houses that got me the most like jump wise. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, I think we had a good run. Um, like you said, it was very immersive, and the bait-and-switch was done very well because you're going into scene-by-scene scene that you recognize from the game. I mean, some of it from the game, at least even for me, because I did play a couple of hours into the game, but that was it, and then watch the show. I beat the first one on stream, I don't know, like six years back. Okay. So, like, it was a little bit vague, but I watched the show, too, recently. So, But the sets, as soon as you go in, like, I've, I, I noted this, that it, it, it felt like it was built as a year-round haunt. And I mean that in a good way. Like, yeah. it, was, it, was, yeah. it was built to not fall apart. That was good. It was very impressive. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it really felt like you were on a movie set or maybe even a fucking actual broken garage yeah. being used as a set. I know I keep sticking on that front room, but, like, the concrete and the rebar and the flipped-over cars, it was just fucking impressive the amount of work they had to put in for just that opening room and then it just expanded upon that you know yeah i love and and this has been waning the past few years i love the huge over-the-top entrance facades like last year the house going into fucking halloween yeah i I love it when they go over the top with that it's been a little toned down the past few years but uh, it still felt good walking straight into something yeah fun i've only been there the two years but that halloween house is still the king to me it's not just because my choirs i thought that was fucking really done well yeah i love it when they do that but yeah i mean if you were a fan of the show or the game or games you would have fucking liked it if you didn't know what was going on you would have been wowed by the set pieces and then traumatized by the scares. It was a good fucking house. <laughs> it was. And for the last house, Universal Monsters Unmasked. The Universal Monsters, I think it was called Unleashed last year. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's something like that, I think though. So. I guess they, they swapped the name. That was one of my favorite houses last year. So yeah. that was one of the houses I was the most pumped to go into. And I, I'm pretty sure I said this on the first episode of the podcast. They were before my time, but I grew up watching the silver age universal horror films every Saturday on AMC. I watched all of them. I've seen every single one of them. I guarantee you. <laughs> maybe not all the hammer films, but like the original universal, all of them. I've seen them, all the sequels. I grew up on those and that's part of my original love for horror. What was nice is the lineup was changed this year. Cause last year we had Dracula, the mummy, the Wolfman, and the creature from the black lagoon. Obviously some of the better known ones. Yeah. This year we were put into France and they used that to full effect by giving us the Phantom of the Opera, which he was kind of like Dracula to me. He was like the first one and he popped up everywhere. Yep. The Hunchback of Notre Dame, The Invisible Man, and Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Which was fucking awesome. Yes. What's really cool about this is those movies came out in an era where you couldn't be violent pretty much at all. Yeah. Let alone have any blood or gore is probably one of the most horrifically gory houses of the entire night. (laughs) 
And it makes you think like they could remake all of these movies if they did them right. Not like the Benicio del Toro Wolfman movie that was all CGI, <laughs> right? Like in, in that moment, that movie did have some good moments, but like we need some good practical effects remakes of those films with like full violence. And I'm not a huge gore hound. Like I'm not against it, but like I don't need my torture porn films. But seeing how horrific some of these icons, I'm going to call them icons, they're not, <laughs> you know, event icons, but they're, they're, film icons um in full horrific form was awesome you had the phantom of the opera ripping off parts of people's faces to replace his face yeah yeah like like with a knife like sitting there sitting there cutting their faces off and then turning to you to fucking try to cut your face off is great i saw mr hyde yank a spinal cord out of a corpse and then stab the corpse over and over again with the same spinal cord it was really cool to see the these characters in full form just like last year, there were tons of scare actors. I swear there's more scare actors in this house than any other house this year. Just like I swear that's how it was last year. Yeah, it felt packed. They're everywhere. Yeah. And it's like, just like last year with the previous Universal House, it's double scares constantly. Like you get attacked on the right, then you get attacked from the left. And you go to the next room, you get attacked from the front, and then somebody comes up behind you. They just did it over and fucking over. I feel like they put a lot of work in these universal houses, like the Legends houses. And I was like, how are they going to do the Invisible Man? <laughs> and I don't know how to explain it to you other than it looked like an Invisible Man wrapped in bandages yeah. for parts of his body. And he was invisible, and he moved, and there's lots of electricity, and you could feel it vibrating on the floor and shit. I really fucking love this house. Yeah, it was fucking amazing. Um, we had a great run. The sets were, like you said, you know, you're, you're, it was very immersive, big set pieces, not as over the top sets as last year, in my opinion, but damn close. Seeing the hunchback on the fucking bell tower. That was awesome. Yeah, but there's uh, Dr. Jekyll, and Mr. Hyde. You're talking about people coming from above and below you and everything. We got a fucking bungee actor in this house, which I hadn't seen since fucking Banshees, which loved that. Love it when they do zip lines. Love it when they do bungees. Really want to see more of that universal. That's what I was saying on, on Blood Moon Dark Offerings. Wasn't there, or I might have mixed up the names of Blood Moon. Wasn't there a guy that jumped off of a fucking bridge with a uh, noose around his neck and he like stopped above us or am I mixing it up with this house? Yeah. You may be running the two together. Plus there was a scare zone last year where they did a hanging in central park, uh, throughout the night. I can't find the scare zones to save my <laughs> life. I'll mention that here in a minute. Well, it was, it was a month ago based on the wife reading me my discovery receipt or bill from that week. I was shit faced. So some of this stuff blurs together. <laughs> oh Yeah. So we met up on the boardwalk and my wife and I actually got there well before Josh and Ginger and we had already hammered two drinks and I was drinking my, it's actually my notes later, but the lacto coolers, I have more specifics on it. (laughs) And then they got there and we had two additional drinks. Then we went into the first house and then we tried to do this whole hammer a drink in between every house thing. I hit a point though, where like the lacto coolers were getting too sweet and I was too worn out and I had to quit drinking. I swapped Powerade and monsters. Damn. You know, you remember that, right? Like I was just getting exhausted, which is very unusual for me. They had twisted fucking tea. So I just, I just kept pounding twisted tea. (laughs) I had a twisted tea one time, like, cause I was like, Oh, the lacto coolers are too sweet. I'll get what Josh is getting. I'm like, that's kind of too sweet now too. (laughs) And then there are other beers. Like it was just shit. Like I could have apple cider or like Mick ultra. Yep. It's slim pickings. 
there's a whole food and drink section. I haven't gotten there yet. So I'm going to save this for that. Okay, okay. But um, houses, let's, let's finish up the houses. Last year, we ranked the 10 in order of what we thought was favorite. I couldn't do it this year because there was too many of them that were just kind of like, meh. Or this one was scary and this one was super fucking immersive, right? Like it wasn't really comparable to me. So I decided to do like a top three enjoyment level. Okay. Not in any particular order. Okay. Blood Moon, Universal Legends, and I got a cop out. My third place is some sort of tie between like Last of Us, Stranger Things, and Yeti. <laughs> okay. If I went like, honestly, I might could say Blood Moon, Universal, and Yeti, but I really enjoyed the immersion of Last of Us and Stranger Things. Dueling Dragons was really fucking neat, and I kind of wanted to put it in there, but it wasn't really horror at all. It was like a complete fantasy event. Yeah. Other than the decapitated Merlin at the end. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but other than the ones I just mentioned, most of them were just meh. Like the darkest deal I liked because I knew the story, but I think I would have thought it was shit if I didn't know the story. So, you know, going from like one year where I loved all the houses and one of them was kind of okay, but like nine of them were phenomenal to go into, I can only really talk about four or five houses kind of sucked for me this year <laughs> do you have any kind of like ranking you want to do or well first anything you want to point out welcome to what it's like to go for multiple years <laughs> okay okay so did i really get a banger for my first year is that what it was that's the thing you in my opinion from the years i've gone you got about a seven or an eight your first year and yeah but what did we get for the second year uh six or seven right all right so it's lower yeah yeah but but i've i've had eights and nines but that was trick-or-treat killer clowns poltergeist i mean yeah that, yeah but fuck you but, no but i'm just saying that's <laughs> that stuff that you know tugs at my heartstrings so i'm not the general public and it's you know different strokes for folks i thought halloween was done very well but it it had a major impact on you that it didn't have on me just because how much you love the property but that mirror room though was a motherfucker oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that was <laughs> fucking great that that was the standout part to me was like the army of Michael Myers. And you didn't know which ones were going to move. Yeah. Well, and then they pulled that <laughs> trick twice in uh, Blood Moon in the chapel with all the hooded robes. And then yeah. they did the room. Oh, of the my hooded God. Robes I forgot people. about yes. that. That's like one of those like unlocked fears for me that I probably developed from watching. I think it's Insidious 2. But any kind of chapel with like robed people sitting everywhere, you know, something fucked up is going to happen. But you don't know where it's going to come from. Yeah. And it really, like, the dread was just built up, and then the scares made me scream like a baby, so. <laughs> well, here's what's going to be funny, because of your your top three, and your waffling in your top three, and what I'm going to say for my top three, because my top three are fucking Yeti, Blood Moon, and probably Monsters. <laughs> so, we're on the same fucking Is page. Monsters Universal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> It was awesome, right? Like, yeah. and, like I said, I really enjoyed Dueling Dragons, but it's kind of hard to compare that. When you're talking about haunted houses that are scary. Well, it's like what you say with your favorite movies. It's it's rewatch value. If I wanted to walk through something over and over again, or if we went multiple nights, those would have been the three houses I made sure to go through more than once. Right. Like uh, one of my best friends, David, that I also work with, he always thinks it's interesting when he asks me about movies because he, he wants to hear my opinion on them. And when he hears me rank them based off of if I can rewatch it versus if it was good. <laughs> right. Cause there's plenty of movies that I've seen that were good, but I don't ever want to see them again. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I, I kind of get that vibe a little bit with some of these houses. All right. But there's not just houses. 
at Halloween Horror Nights, there's supposedly also scare zones <laughs> scattered throughout the park. Much like last year, I missed quite a few scare zones, I think, um, because of the way they're laid out. I tried to watch some refresher videos from Media Night, and apparently there's a guy, I don't know his name, I'll look him up, I saw his video. Apparently, according to YouTube, he's considered like the biggest supporter of Halloween Horror Nights and Defender and does really good reviews, and he did not get media access Oh damn! for Media Night. But he also will call things shit, to my understanding. I, I just learned about this guy today. Okay. I'll pull up his name for updates and corrections. And maybe that's why. Maybe they don't want somebody telling it straight. They only want, you know, head in the back, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But he had to do his episode over, I think it was three nights, because he couldn't get all the houses in one night. He's like, well, if I don't get media night, I'm going to do it like your average Joe. Okay. And just buy normal tickets only. And, like, it took him, like, three nights to do all the houses. He might even have fast passes. If he had express and it took him three nights, he sucks. (laughs) He express something like he he specifically points out in his video that the spot i believe it was in between new york and san francisco but it's like the main vein walkway of the entire park and it was like trying to get in between stranger things and last of us if you look at it that way not literally like a straight line but like different parts of the park right yeah there's not a single set piece or scare zone the entire way well see then that's the problem with that area so that's why it makes such a big to do when they had Rob Zombie and when he had his scare zone back there, it was something set up all the way along, lit with fire, half naked girls in cages dancing. It was spread out. It was well lit. And this year is where that's where shipyard. OK, so shipyard. So that was the problem. So when we're walking through there, all the set pieces through there were just like broken containers and little cranes with little crates hanging off of them like and they never light it. It's like the shittiest scare zone is always back there. That's why I'll hug the sidewalk and just avoid the people and not even watch it. Now, part of the problem for both of us this year is you go later in the year, you always end up with understaffed fucking scare zones by the end of the year. It just, it, it, I've I've learned that it happens that way. But, uh, yeah, this, this was my, well, I know we're going to go through them, but I'll save it. Let's go through them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, so I decided to start out with Vamp 69, which was set up in New York. I thought this one was awesome. The The story is that it's a music festival in 1969 that was crashed by vampires. There weren't a whole lot of props like I would have expected, but the ones that were there stood out. What they did have was a shit ton of scare actors, yes. and they blended in very well. They were vampires. They had fangs and a bit of the Buffy prosthetics. Yes. This is the best way I could describe yeah. it, right? Like the Buffy the Vampire Slayer deformities. And even though they were dressed like hippies, they blended in with the crowd in this busy area really well. There were also stands set up. And maybe that was why there was a lack of props, right? Because there was like a beetle and the stage. Yeah. Well, and, the, <laughs> and a and bus. The bus. That was yeah. it. <laughs> but there were lots of like food stands set up. And some of them were fake food stands with vampires yeah. working the register. And I saw people sitting on benches trying to eat and somebody would sit down next to them and jump at them. And, and the vampires were just mingling to your crowd. I was really impressed with the scare actors uh, in this section. You got to see Dr. Oddfellow as a vampire and he was kind of Jimi Hendrix out, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Had the fro and the, and the tie around his head. Uh, there was a stage that had like dead band members that were impaled with different things that we saw the first time. Yeah. 
However, Josh and his wife went to go take a smoke break and we went to get food. Margie and I did. And then we decided to meet at the tribute store. And there was like some miscommunication on when we were meeting. So I ended up sitting on the curb for 15 minutes in front of the tribute <laughs> store watching Vamp 69 and just seeing how enthusiastic the scare actors were and how many scares they got was a very enjoyable part of the night. And they actually had the band come out and try to play on the stage at one point. The vampire swarmed them. Yeah. It's kind of neat, like sitting there and seeing that. Cause I don't, did you get to see that at all? Or uh, the first time we walked through earlier in the evening, a little bit, but we were just walking through. We didn't, you know, stop and watch, but I, I've seen the shtick before, I guess I'll say, because okay. they've done vamp 55 vamp 85 and now vamp 69. Oh, and with this, I want to see 85. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to find a YouTube video. It, it was so good, but yeah, that's when they do a vamp scan and they're always there. Um, or at least those three were, they're usually the bangers. Okay. It was great. I enjoyed that one thoroughly. But like you said, and we'll get into it, you know, we stopped a lot to drink. We stopped a few times for food. So by the time we got everything done or all the houses done and hit the tribute store, we were all pretty worn out and we only had like an hour, hour and a half left before the park closed. Usually in years past, Ginger and I'll hit stuff, hit the houses fast enough that we stop, eat, and then we'll make it a point to go through all the scare zones and then leave for the night. I was going to save this for the the food and drink section, but I feel like last year, Margie and I were able to hit various food tents in between every house and try things that we had saw online and pre-picked. Yeah. But I felt like the food areas were very isolated this time. And we were having to waste a lot of time going out of our way to try to get food. Yes. Cause they had to, they crammed most, I didn't like they that. crammed most of the booths into Gramercy park instead of having them spread out. And we'll, we'll get to that into food. But yeah, that was part of, part of the problem was just the layout this year, but no, that was the best scare zone this year, at least in my opinion. So in Hollywood, we had the dark Zodiac, which was also Dr. Oddfellow themed and Zodiac themed, obviously. And this one, I mean, it was kind of neat. I guess you could tell what was supposed to be what Zodiac and, and stuff and the set dressings were kind of cool looking, but I mean, like that's all I got for it. Like, so it didn't really stand out to me. Yeah. It was just, you know, the sculptures were cool. We get the twisted Zodiac theme and everything, but it just, and again, this may be because of going later in the season, it was just very fucking understaffed as far as scare actors go. I yeah. was hoping they were going to do it like they did in Singapore. I even sent y'all pictures like, dude, if they do it like they did in Singapore, this is going to be one of the most amazing scare zones ever. And wet fart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they could have taken half of the Vamp 69 actors and put them in there. And they would have both been great. Possibly. The next two are probably mixed up. I couldn't tell you. Okay. Okay. But we had Dr. Oddfellow's collection of horror was for sure in the front lot. We might've missed it because it's the first thing you walk into from the front entrance, which we didn't do because we came through the hotel entrance. So I feel like we might've missed that one. Well, no, we walked through it at the end, but that's literally all okay. it is. It was just the lights and the, the walkway up above for Dr. Oddfellow to be on and be a barker. That was literally it. And some of his artifacts. And I saw some stuff online talking about the story and like the acting, but like we didn't get any of that. No. Right. Cause we didn't come in and open Yeah. There's also a Jungle of Doom Expedition Horror in Central Park. Yes, that was in Central Park. Is that the one with the bat person in the cage? That's what I'm saying. I might have mixed these two up. Okay, so the... Uh, Ginger's really happy about the no, bat the, lady. That, oh, that's uh, Batricia, the bat stilt walker. <laughs> <laughs> Which scare zone was that, though? Um, hang on. 
Because that's how mad the skier zones were to me, or we missed no, them. No, I, you know? I have it in my notes because of Ginger, but I didn't say what skier zone she was in. I just put in that most of the skier zones were poorly lit, poorly staffed, save for Batricia, and Batricia is awesome. All hell, Batricia. <laughs> <laughs> and like we said earlier, San Francisco apparently had a shipyard 32 where Josh saw a crane piece, but I didn't see shit. He could have been looking at a fucking rock drunk for all I know. Well, it... it it is the curse, the, the the curse of the San Francisco scare zone. That's just the way it is. They have so much real estate at that, like right angle of the two roads. It's like the thickest two roads in the entire park meet at a right angle and they could do so much shit there and they don't do fucking anything. I've been there two years. I was fucking, but vacant. that's part of the problem because they're not allowed to put anything in front of uh Diagon alley. They're not allowed to put anything around the double decker bus. They're not allowed to put anything in front of there. No lighting, no nothing. But a little bit further down, there's this giant vacant spot at a right angle. That's I know. not, you're not at I know. King's Cross Station or Diagon Alley yet. And, I, and that you get that. I don't it, know. We'll see. And that's the problem. Because even before Fast and Furious was there, they only used that one little spot for the San Francisco scare zone. I don't, I, yeah. I don't understand. They either need to just not have one there or flesh that shit out. But yeah, I'm, 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 I'm borderline pissed about the scare zones over the past two years. Yeah. And that's what we bitched, bitched about the most in the surveys. Did y'all get sent the surveys? I didn't do it though, but yeah, I should have. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we went on about it at great length. <laughs> and I didn't actually write it in here, but we did go to Diagon Alley and we did ride the Gringot ride together, which I said earlier. Yeah. We saw some Death Eaters walking around doing creepy shit, which is not normally there. I can testify to that. Oh, yeah, this is the first time. I did, however, see the full attack show on YouTube. Oh, okay. We just didn't happen to be there. They do it multiple times during the night. Yeah. We barely made it there in time to ride the ride, to be honest. <laughs> but the show was really cool, the videos I saw on YouTube. But seeing the Death Eaters walking around was neat because in the uh, Islands of Adventure part of Universal, at night at the Hogwarts castle and at Hogsmeade village, they'll have the death eaters attack and the snake in the sky and all that shit. And it's cool, but they, they belong in Diagon Alley. It was, it was cool to <laughs> see them there walking around. And I thought that was kind of fun. Obviously I'm really big in immersion and that's why I like the star Wars area at Disney. And I, I think the, the Harry Potter areas are done really well. Even though I think the Fantastic Beast movies are mediocre, I still can't wait to see that area in Epic. Oh, dude, it the way they're doing it, it looks like it's going to be fucking phenomenal. And like you just said, I'm not even a big Harry Potter fan, but from visiting both these parks, when you get to the Potter areas is where you feel like you've gone somewhere else. The rest of the, none yeah. of the other parts of the parks do that. Unfortunately, it's also the tightest, most congested area. It's like the thinnest roads. They barely had room to put it in there. And it's a shit show <laughs> during busy times of year. <laughs> yeah. For anyone planning to go to Universal Orlando in December, like the 15th or the 17th, somewhere around there, they're shutting down the Hogwarts train for two weeks. Oh, really? Because they have to connect it to Epic. So it involves some remodeling. No shit. So you're going to be able to ride the train between all three forks. Okay. I'm going to have to look into this because I know about, I know about <laughs> the awesome. proprietary uh, 
bus lanes they're going to do from the hotels to to get all that to connect because like we do at Cabana Bay to ride the bus and shit. But I hadn't I hadn't yeah. looked into that. That's that's fucking bonkers. <laughs> I actually just saw that yesterday. I think that's like new information because they just announced the closure. Okay, so, so Park Stop uh, podcast uh, Alicia is is who I usually follow for all that stuff because she does all the big updates with using the pictures from bio reconstructing shit. And she did a story announcement thingy on YouTube saying that that later this week there's going to be a very big update about Epic Universe. Okay. So I'm, I'm wondering if that's what she was alluding to. Okay, cool. Anyways, anyways. So our next category is food and drinks. This will be brief. Twisted Taters round two. Everything I saw online last year said, try the Twisted Taters. It's the best thing there. I ate them and they were absolute shit. <laughs> My wife and I both hated them last year. However, this year they were fucking delicious. Just like I always saw them reviewed. <laughs> Josh and Ginger didn't want to order any. Because they were shit when they tried them last. And they got a few orders. And everybody fucking munched the hell out of the Twisted Taters. We got the garlic parmesan. Or I got the garlic parmesan. Because I I thought it was kind of neutral. I really want to try the ghost pepper one. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> but I knew I would have been alone on that one. But they were fucking really good. Like everybody always says on YouTube and shit. <laughs> and you guys liked them too. You are eating them. Yeah, yeah. We munched on some of y'all's. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted to get some surfer boy pizza for the immersion. However, the line was long as fuck while Josh and Ginger were taking a smoke break and it just kept growing and growing. So I didn't try it. I think Josh tried it though and didn't like it. I will explain when, when, uh, well, fuck it. So when the, we went to smoke and y'all went to the tribute store and we were late. Yeah. Okay. That's when I went and got it. So there was not a misunderstanding on the time. You just wanted to get some pizza. I was being a fat boy. Like, I literally just, just got... <laughs> you could have just told me that. Could have just told me well, that. it wasn't the plan. However, I did get to experience the Josh P. breaks that his wife always bitches we about. We fucking warned you, it, it worked out for me. <laughs> but yeah, the, uh, the Surfer Boy pizza was a waste of fucking money. It was fucking French bread and loaded with fucking, like... Like yeah. chunks of tomatoes and stuff. It was just, it wasn't. And tiny. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah. wasn't my cup of tea. However, my wife and I snuck over to, oh God, what's the name of the little alley area? Sting Alley. Sting Alley. So we went to Sting Alley, which is set up as the Fedra Ration Station. Yes. Did you guys actually walk down there at all? Yeah, I did. I went over there and got the ravioli. Okay. All right. I, I couldn't remember if you guys got any food from over there. The theming. Cause it was a fucking butcher shop of cannibalism last year. And it was metal is fucking awesome. <laughs> this year I felt like I was on a set piece of the last of us TV show. Like they even had like the hidden symbols on the doors. Yep. So you know, if it was a firefly entrance and shit, my wife got the ravioli. They were out of the special cans. You could get them in. I tried a sample of it. It was fucking delicious. And I got the meat stew that I almost wouldn't let my wife have a bite. It's like the best <laughs> stew I've ever had in my life. And it came with this little plastic skillet that looks like the kind you put on a campfire. So they didn't, they weren't out of that one, but I threw it away. I wasn't really thinking, oh, what the fuck am I going to do with it anyways? I have so much useless shit in here, but it was pretty cool. But the, the yeah, the, the Fedra ration station food took the show. Yes. The, the ravioli was fucking great. I'm sorry I didn't show any beef stew, but you, you guys didn't make it to the tribute store, and I fucking <laughs> nailed it. I also got one of the the chocolate peanut butter ration bars from over there too. Oh, okay, it was I didn't even know that it was, it was I, I um 
Food was better this year than last year. I know I talk shit about Surfer Boy Pizza, but it was definitely better this year than last year. Everything I ate was shit last year, so. <laughs> but the year before, I liked better. But, you know, it's, it seems to be hit or miss. Of course, like you said, they were out of the, the Fedra ration cans. Me being me, I fucking went ahead and, and snagged one off eBay last night. Okay. get one for Ginger so she can put it up on her Halloween Horror Night shelf. And for the record, Josh did buy the Terrifier vomit bag. I did. And sent me a picture of it, and he has it. <laughs> Speaking of pictures, we took we took a lot of pictures of Halloween Horror Nights, and I'm not going to bore you with the family photo album, but I will send uh, or post some pictures of our group of four there. We took some of those specifically for the Instagram, and I've been slacking for a month. Yeah, and I need to send you some stuff, but we'll we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> as far as drinks, I got my Voodoo Brewing Company Lacto Coolers that have Slimer on them, like I did last year. It was delicious, but I learned very quickly, since I don't like sweet drinks, that it gets too overwhelmingly sweet about four or five in. Yeah, I could see that. And I wasn't a fan, and I got a, a twisted tea afterwards, which didn't help. And <laughs> at that point, I was like, I don't know. I've walked fucking 150 miles in five days right now at Disney and Universal. And I'm worn out. And I start chugging Powerades. I start getting tired. Even though I was on my ADHD medicine, I start hammering monsters. The main thing that pissed me off is there was this delicious pumpkin pie pecan encrusted beer that I had last year <laughs> at the big truck or trailer or whatever that's kind of in front of the Fast and the Furious ride. Okay, okay. And that trailer was there, but it had the same drinks. And, and I was really disappointed with the drinks because almost every booth had the same five alcoholic beverages. Yeah. And they were kind of a shit choice. And there's so many good Halloween-themed microbrewery beers out there that I really think they should push on that harder. But it sucks. There's a pumpkin beer I really liked last year, and I could not find it. We stopped at several stations for me to check the menu i just didn't have it it was like oh you can get an octa cooler or a McUltra. yeah i'm one go to apple cider dude and i'm like fuck you i don't want any of this shit i'm betting if we had went over to the bar where they were doing david s pumpkins that's probably where the missing drinks were that we couldn't find we probably could have found them over there it was elbows and assholes yeah that was one of my disappointments of the night i wish we would have went over there and I was pushing for it harder than you guys were, but I was the one that was like, I'm just tired. Let's, let's finish this. You know, yeah. um, it would have been fucking awesome to see, but do you have anything else to add for food and drinks? Um, just like in case nobody's noticed, I drank twisted tea all night. Ginger got the tinsel torment apple cider. Oh, she did get the, tinsel. she wanted that yeah, really bad. She, I remember she got the apple cider thing and said it was she. Yes. But then she, she found tinsel torment, which means she got her drink. She got her blinky cup. So she liked it. And, uh, that's pretty much it. I wanted a blinky cup this year, man. I fucking <laughs> didn't get one. So I was just pissed off by the drinks. <laughs> but yeah, that, that was pretty much it for, for food and drinks this year. Shows, there's one show, to my understanding, per Halloween Horror Nights, and I ain't got no time for that. Okay, I have news on that front. Ever. So they are almost done completely rebuilding the fountain. The fountain show will be back, hopefully as early as next year. So at least we'll okay, be. Because I've seen videos of that and it looks fucking phenomenal. But the two years I was there, the Lagoon show was completely gone. Yeah, that's what, I mean, hurricanes, man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's been the death of having two shows for the past few years is one of them gets destroyed by the hurricane, by a hurricane. But yeah, I think like somebody like got horrifically injured this year on the show. Oh, 
I didn't know about that. So we'll look for that in updates and corrections. I'll have to ask Ginger about it. The roaming hordes, to my understanding, it's generally a chainsaw horde of some kind. Used to be. <laughs> I experienced that last year. This year, it was a roaming horde of Megans. And that was honestly one of the things I was most pumped about. I enjoyed that film and my daughter's obsessed with it. She was, my eight-year-old daughter was Megan for Halloween this year. I sent you guys the picture. It was pretty creepy. Yeah. She did her own makeup. <laughs> yeah. Really legit outfit. And I really wanted to film that for her, but we never spotted them. There's no assigned spots for them. There's no assigned times for them. There's no schedule whatsoever. And I think that's kind of shit. If you're going to have like a big IP like that as, as kind of like an event, I, f I feel like there should be a set area or times or something. Agreed. So that you have the ability to find that. Because, I mean, you probably got sick of hearing me say, let's check for the roaming Megan horde and like going <laughs> off of Reddit rumors and shit. Because I really wanted to see it. And honestly, I was surprised there wasn't a Megan house that year. But maybe the houses get picked early enough that that movie hadn't came out yet and it was bigger than Blumhouse expected. Possibly. I fully expect to see a Megan house next year. A me Regan house. Yeah. If you will. But yeah, I really wanted to see that and it, it didn't happen. That was like one of my big disappointments for the night. Yeah, that blue not getting to see that, especially after seeing pictures of it and finding out, holy shit, it's real. And then that, and of course, the past two years, I've seen like three chainsaw dudes and that's pissed me off too. Yeah. Now, I will say last year when we went into the Simpsons area, we got surrounded by 20 people with chainsaws yep. in a circle around us. That was kind of cool. Yeah, I'm, I miss those years, but, you know, it is what it is. The only other thing I want to throw in here, well, two things. Of course, Cabana Bang, we stay there because they do the Halloween Horror Nights pizza, the horror movies in the wave pool, yeah. or not the wave pool, the lounge pool, and uh, they always do some kind of photo op thing, and this year it was Chucky's playground or something i forget what they called it but it was just it was a bunch of different photo op things and yeah we've got some pictures from there that that will uh we'll get over to you which i'll post yeah, yeah. yeah. if you if you if you hate hearing my voice and you want to see me being pushed off of a skyscraper by chucky now's your chance <laughs> i've seen it it's great <laughs> i was really hoping we were gonna have time to meet you guys at the hotel and check that shit out i just I, it's Trying to schedule Halloween Horror Nights in the middle of a Disney trip in the middle of a family <laughs> Disney trip was a fucking nightmare. And Margie likes going, but she said, I don't think this is something I have to do every year is what she said to me this year. There's a chance it might just be me tagging along for a night next year because <laughs> I like it. I want to try to go every year. You know, maybe after a couple of years, I'll be fucking jaded old guy. and think it sucks. But <laughs> right now I want to see if you're three. Is somewhere in the middle between year one and year two for me, you know? Okay. All right. I do want to kind of throw in a footnote with regards to Halloween Horror Nights and the left coast and Hollywood. And I'm going to preface this with something that Hollywood does not have the kind of room Orlando does. And Hollywood does not get given the budget that Orlando does. That It's just a fact. Really? Yeah. I knew about the room. I didn't know about the budget. Yeah. So I, of course, cheated and watched walkthroughs from this past year as a refresher to remember the damn houses before we did this episode. And the next video that came up was the same couple at Hollywood two nights later. And I'm like, you know what? Okay. I'm going to watch it. I want to, I'm going to get to see an AB because like they both coasts got stranger things and last of us this year. So it was really good to see both the houses on both coasts. Yeah. But they also got evil dead fucking rise. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and they got killer clowns after Orlando got killer clowns. But, 
if you've been if you've heard us talk about it or you've heard about it and you've never been and you're and you, you really want to like get it together and go go to Orlando. No offense to California or anything, but if you're like going to try it once, like try try to go to Orlando. It's just it's done bigger and and better and not because Hollywood sucks, but just because Hollywood's put in a position where they can't put as much into it. Right. I got to go to Galaxy's Edge the first year it was open in Orlando, the Star Wars area. Yeah. And I took the wife and the kids to a bathroom area because it's all themed there. It's kind of hard to find. <laughs> and I'm sitting on this fountain in the middle. And there's a dad about the same age as me, dressed very similar, right? <laughs> and he's talking about, you know, I'm just waiting on my wife and kids to come out of the bathroom, have a seat. I'm like, same thing I'm doing. So we start talking, and they're from California, and they lived five miles away from Disneyland and they flew to Florida because he's a huge Star Wars fan and he wanted to see Galaxy's Edge, but with room. I mean, that's how it is. Uh, I mean, what are you going to do with all this converted Swampland? Yeah. Case in point, you know, I can go to Super Nintendo in Hollywood before I can in Orlando because it's going to be open. No, it's already open. Oh, it's, I know it's open in Tokyo. Yeah, the one in Hollywood's open. Okay. But I'm not. I'm going to wait till it's open at Epic. And that's mainly because of the fucking Donkey Kong roller coaster. But anyways, I'm just <laughs> saying, if you've listened to this and you've thought about going and you're going to try to do it, please try to go to Orlando because it's fucking awesome. Yeah. I'm glad you've been two years now. I'm glad we got to go as our, our pack. Yeah. I'd love to be able to do that again when y'all aren't already friggin' run ragged because I know we run ragged through the park because our whole plan is always try to knock out the houses yeah. and have time to mosey through the scare zones. And it just didn't really work out this year. I did have one more thing I wanted to add. I didn't learn until about a week and a half, maybe two weeks before we left about the bracelet thing at Halloween Horror Nights. Oh, right? yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I completely friendship forgot about bracelets that. and they trade them. And I thought that was really cool because like my son and I were real big in the pin trading. At Disney World, I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yeah, yeah. Where you collect pins, they got the boards, and you can trade with random people. It's kind of fun. We have fun doing that. And I, I heard about the bracelets. I'm like, this is awesome. I want to do it. And I filled my Amazon shopping cart with all the shit where I was going to make slice by slice, shameless advertisement bracelets, but I was going to make them and trade them with everybody. And I had this big project at work that, you know, they didn't say you have to get this shit finished before you go on vacation, but it was kind of, you know, I felt it a little bit. <laughs> so it took away some of my free time, but I also thought about how I didn't see a single fucking bracelet. Nobody asked me about one when I went the year before. So I told Josh and Ginger I was going to do it, and I kind of sidelined it. And we went through almost the entire fucking night, and I would say it was about 15 minutes before we left. Yeah, like right before and we split up. we're trying to figure out, like, where are we going to split up? Yeah. And this lady walks up with bracelets down both her arms, and she goes, you guys don't have any bracelets. It was a team you member. some. Oh, was she? Yes. I didn't realize that, but if you look at me on the webcam right now, I'm wearing <laughs> mine for the episode. And mine says, spook now. <laughs> has a heart in the middle and it's purple and black and I like it. I think that's a really cool thing. I feel like not enough people do it because the, the pin trading's everywhere in Disney. I feel like it could be a bigger thing. And next year I want to do some fucking bracelets. Okay. They don't have to be slice by slice related, but I think we should get our little group together with a lot of alcohol <laughs> and just fucking hammer out some friendship bracelets. <laughs>
It'll be fun. Some of them are going to say slice by slice, but still. I don't remember what mine says. It's still in my bag from the trip. So I'll dig it out so I can say what mine says on our updates and corrections the next episode. I keep mine on my desk. I don't wear it regularly, but I put it on for the episode. I'm also wearing a Halloween Horror Nights t-shirt. It's from last year. <laughs> it's because the other one's dirty. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I want to theme it out. It was fun. I'm, I'm wearing a Hawthorne Heights shirts with more holes in it than material. So that's kind of horrific. Oh yeah. I saw your full armpit a minute ago. It was impressive. <laughs> you did. <laughs> so on that visual note. <laughs> I like it. I want to continue going for now. At least I hope I can get my wife to want to go next year. I want to do the bracelets next year. That's a change I want to make. And I don't know. I just, I hope it stays cool. I mean, the current horror film market kind of dictates that, but they can always pull from the old well. There's plenty of shit to to use. Well, they can. And on that note, something in the rumor mill that probably won't happen, but is already being talked about is the possibility of Silent Hill making a return because we are getting a reboot of Silent Hill 2, the game. And we're also getting a new Silent Hill movie. So, oh, okay. maybe, maybe not. I'm, I'm upset that I missed out on that in years past. I would love a Silent Hill house. Give me creepy nurses and Pyramid Head, and I'm fucking there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I played the first game, but I'm not, like, super into the lore on that one. I don't know a whole lot. But there's so many. There's that. There's so many games. There's so many horror films out there that they could just, like, let's throw a house in, you know? And, and we've seen them do it some. I mean, the Halloween house was... Pretty much the original film. Yeah. You know, there's something that says they can't do that. You've seen a Ghostbuster house. You've seen, I'm drawing a blank right now, Poltergeist, right? Like things like that. So you've seen them go to older houses. I, I kind of hope they repeat. I'm sure some people might bitch, but I'd love to see the Poltergeist Oh, dude, they, they've done different iterations and repeats. There's been three different Halloween houses. They've done Texas Chainsaw more than once. I'd love to see Night of the Living Dead where you're, all you're doing is walking through a house and they're fucking breaking through the windows, right? Like there's no scare actors in the house with you. They're just fucking breaking through and reaching for you. That'd be terrible. I don't know. They did The Walking Dead like five years in a row, so it may be a while before we get zombies. But uh, Nightmare on Elm Street hasn't been there for like 13 years. So oh, that'd be cool. that would be, they did Titans of Terror. And this was like just a few years before we started going where it was just slashers. Like that oh. would be an epic fucking year to go. So there's, there's stuff and they, they do, they go back and hit them. It all depends on who owns the rights at the time, whether or not the property's hot. Yeah. So you never know. And I feel like horror movie studio property rights is so much more in flux than any other part of the industry. Oh my God. Oh my God. Something totally related that we should talk about real quick. Warner brothers might be selling off a chunk of their IP. What? Yes. I got to go back and find the article. So they're looking to sell off a, a chunk of their IP and everybody is, is clamoring for universal to be the buyer because it's a bunch of horror shit or part of it is a bunch of horror shit. Well, you know, the current Warner brothers CEO, I think I bitched about this in a different episode is, or he was originally, he was like, um, can't like, I can't even think of what channels it was, but all the shit he was in charge of basically turned into only reality TV. Yeah. And his plans for HBO Max is to make it only reality TV. Yes. You, yeah, you said something about that. And he shit-canned quite a few Warner Brother movies, and Christine might have got caught in that, and Salem's Lot. Well, that blows, but if they're going to sell off the fucking rights to some of their sell horror off, properties, yes, fucking Universal, get them. 
only because I want him at Halloween Horror What Nights. I was getting at <laughs> is there might be some validity to this claim because he doesn't want to have IP. He wants to have reality shows and tank HBO and Cinemax as we know it. So if he's planning on tanking it, he might as well make a little bit of money selling off the properties to people that give a shit. Exactly. And then he can go work for fucking MTV. Sure. <laughs> we were flipping channels the other day. And I say channels. It was, you know, YouTube TV, not cable television. And we hit MTV by accident. <laughs> we were doing something with the kids and they were playing music videos and it was the Rick roll video. Oh my God. Which Ain loves, right? And and we're like, oh my God, this is what it used to be like. You'd go to MTV and you just watch music videos. The Rickroll ended and it went into a infomercial for dementia medication or something. Oh my God. This is like three o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday. Jesus. So we thought it was a joke. That was the 30 Rickroll. minutes in when we finished the jigsaw puzzle. We realized that it was actually uh, like a scheduled four hour block for like dementia medication. That is fun. On MTV in the middle of the fucking day. Damn. It's a man how that went to shit. How did we get here? I know, right? I don't know how we got here, but I kind of know where we're going to go because that's it for the Halloween Horror Nights 32 episode. So you guys are going to have to tune in for the next episode where we get Mary and have our eggnog and fueled Christmas episode. Yeah, yeah. All right, Ramblers, welcome to your worst Christmas ever. As usual, guys, thanks for downloading the show and spreading the word. Please do not forget to rate and review us online and please send us comments, questions, and suggestions to our email, sbspodcast at gmail.com. We would also love it if you could follow our Twitter and Instagram, both at sbspodcast. See you guys in the next one. Thanks for listening. Summon your Scream Squad to Universal's Halloween Horror Nights.